0: Things are getting really good now and we are excited for another edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs. I am your somewhat capable host coming off of a rough week. Last weekend, let's just say we want to move forward with the future because my underdogs were not as good as they needed to be last week. The good news is my handicappers on the show did well, including Chris Giannini of the Winning Cures Everything podcast, giving you Temple and Baylor. Uh, Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com also loved those Temple owls and gave you that one. So we want to focus on those guys doing well in college. We didn't do as well in the NFL. The Chicago Bears did not come through for the handicappers that were taking them on Sunday night football. Brian actually had the Steelers going back to last Thursday night, that whole debacle with the Miles Garrett helmet stuff, uh, etc. And then the Steelers end up losing to Cleveland anyway. The Bears didn't do well with Trubisky getting hurt on Sunday night football against the L.A. Rams. So... Uh, now we uh now we try on a new week i had the jacksonville jaguars remind me not to take the jaguars anymore uh this year because they they were bad in london two weeks later i gave them a second chance they were bad again in the game with indianapolis even though nick Foles is back so we've got to be better this week in the nfl with what is a tremendous slate we're going to talk about this with our guests Uh, Coming up here, some great games that are going to be played this weekend. Let me lay out the full show for you on 3-Dog Thursday straight ahead from the Winning Cures Everything podcast. Partner in crime to Chris Giannini is Gary Seegers. Love Gary's insight. He will be here talking college and NFL underdogs. I want to talk to him specifically about the college football playoff scenarios now that Minnesota and Baylor have lost and what it might mean for Alabama to get on the – on the, uh, the the top four or not uh, as we go along here. So Gary will have some thoughts on the playoff and some underdogs for me. Then up next, Brett McMurphy will be here from Stadium and WatchStadium.com. Brett's been a great college football insider for well over a decade on the national scene. You may remember him from his days on ESPN TV and ESPN.com, but before that, CBSSports.com. I have been in and around Brett for going on uh, 20 years in the media, starting in the Tampa Bay area where I am based and moving on. Anyway, he's got great insight on the college football playoff, uh, does a tremendous job with his bowl projections. He always seems to be on the money even weeks early in the process of coming up with these bowl teams. And then I want to talk a little coaching carousel with him about the Florida State job, the Arkansas job. Uh, is Bob Stoop still a legitimate, viable candidate for Florida State? Uh, Let's talk with Brett McMurphy about that and get his feelings on uh, the college football playoff and much more. Then Brian Edwards is back with me. He has been rolling along as of late uh, with his college football underdogs. As I mentioned, Temple last week, uh, the week before that, Brian was able to hit home with Illinois and LSU, both pulling road outright upsets. Of course, LSU, that big win over Alabama, he had that. So Brian's done well with his college football underdogs. I will tell you up front, he's going back to the Big Ten. He's going to the Pac-12 with a couple of doggies. I'm interested in hearing what he has to say on all of those. Uh, so stand by for that and Sean Green will also be back here on the program after a week away Sean is back from the sports gambling podcast uh his partner Ryan Kramer stood in for him last week Ryan was like me he took the collar on the underdogs we need Sean to be back from the sports gambling podcast to give us some doggies in college in the NFL and he gives us a good uh west coast perspective based in Los Angeles so we give you some different voices here on the podcast with some thoughts and some underdog predictions uh Let me say at the outset uh, here with respect to Alabama, this is going to be something I'm going to bring up with the guests as well. This is not the 2017 scenario where Alabama was the number one team in the country. I'll lay it out much more as we go along. But this present team uh, not only is not as talented, they weren't as touted as that team with a top five win right off the bat against Florida State. With better wins in the SEC season, and that 2017 Alabama team lost their very last regular season game, the Iron Bowl, to Auburn. Not the case this year with this scenario, so we're going to talk about that. And absolutely, you have to look at them differently with Tua Tonga-Valoa, the quarterback, injured and out for the year. The selection committee, subjective process, is going to look at Alabama and judge them not just on what they've accomplished, but if you've suffered a massive injury to your best player, your leader, your field general, they're a different team, folks. And they have to be judged accordingly. I don't care how well the backup plays against Auburn and if they win, they're going to be judged on how good are they now without Tua. And they should be. And there's other precedent in other sports, which we'll go over uh, here about that, that if you lose in a subjective process, your best player, you're not the same team uh, if you're going into a postseason tournament or a postseason playoff with the college football playoff and and one other thing too for all the screaming about where minnesota was ranked and where baylor was ranked we're going to cover this on three dog thursday here they had their opportunity and they blow they blow games they both lost games uh, here against iowa and you can make the argument oh it was a great win against penn state They were naturally going to have a letdown welcome to what it's like in the power conferences you got to be up every week and if They lost out, Minnesota we're talking about, the following week after the great Penn State win to Iowa, and the committee wants to exclude them ultimately because of that. They they, they now have a reason. Your chance was to go undefeated and to be unbeaten. Didn't happen. Same thing for Baylor. Uh, The argument was and is that's the best opponent they've played to date. Oklahoma, the brand name, the team that has been in the college football playoffs the last couple of years, Heisman Trophy winners the last two years, and yet uh, even though they're up 28-3 at home, they blow the lead, they blow that game. Now if the committee wants to exclude a one-loss Baylor team, they have a reason to do it, even if they win the Big 12 title. Will the Pac-12 come into play with Oregon and Utah with just the one loss? It's a subjective process. We'll talk more about it as we go along in college football. And I can't wait to talk some NFL with our guests as well. That Cowboys game with the Patriots, Packers 49ers, Ravens against the Rams, uh, even Seattle against Philadelphia. Very intriguing on the weekend. Lots of uh, matchups crisscrossing the country. So we're definitely anxious to talk about that. So it is Three Dog Thursday. We'll get to the guests in a couple of moments. Brand new sponsor, by the way. Uh, Here on the program, Uh, you've you've heard me talk about them in and around this time a bunch on three dog Thursday on the podcast, but they're back on the show now. Black Friday coming up, the holidays coming up. Smack Apparel, smackapparel.com. Check out their website for their college and pro-themed shirts, primarily college football and the NFL. Now, they do have hoops. They do have baseball and different shirts. But if you're looking to get in your rival's face in particular, the anti-rival shirts are at smackapparel.com. Whether you're an Alabama fan and you want to say they only hate us because they ain't us for all the national championship wins – check out that shirt at com. same thing with clemson the defending national champs that the uh, the acc uh, has uh, at least a leg up with clemson they they can say the sec can kiss my acc that's the clemson shirt they have they have great selection teams from all the power conferences sec uh, big 10 big 12 pac 12 acc all of it. Check out the great shirts. Same thing with the NFL shirts. Whether you're a Patriot fan, Cowboy fan, Steeler fan, on and on. They get in the face of your opponent. They've been talking the talk for almost 20 years at SmackApparel.com. And we've got a special promo code offer. I want you to remember the promo code DOG, D-O-G, at checkout. DOG will save you on the promo code 20% off your order. Now, it's not good with any other orders. So the dog promo code only works here for 3 Dog Thursday for 20% off your order and if you spend up to 40 bucks you're going to get free shipping. $40 or more on your order, it'll ship anywhere in the country, anywhere in North America as a matter of fact. You can ship for free with spending 40 bucks or more. So 20% off $40 or more gets free shipping. Smackapparel.com. Don't just take my word for it. Go check out all of the different shirts. They got Baker Mayfield, uh, Cleveland Brown shirts. They got the Dynasty New England Patriots shirts. On and on for your favorite teams in college football and the NFL. They've even got the Washington Nationals Bryceless shirts because Bryce Harper, no longer there, took the money and went to Philly. And the Nationals win the World Series the next year. Check it out. at uh, at smackapparel.com with the briceless shirts. You can get those as well. 20% off. The promo code is DOG. Go to smackapparel.com. Check out the shirts and save with us here on 3-Dog Thursday. Let's get to our guests. We're excited about all of it. Uh, Here as this latest weekend in November unfolds. Two weeks to go in the college football regular season. Let's get cranked up. Love, my dudes, from the Winning Cures Everything podcast, as they always come on this program and set me straight. Chris Giannini last week said, uh, you better be looking strongly at Temple at home. You better be looking strongly at Baylor at home. I know Baylor collapsed, Uh, everything caved in, but they still ended up covering against Oklahoma despite the devastating Uh, come from ahead to lose loss by the the Baylor Bears (laughs) last week. So now it is the turn of Gary Seegers of the Winning Cures Everything podcast to come on and pontificate on all things underdog with me. How are you, my friend? Welcome back to Three Dog Thursday.
1: I am fantastic. We appreciate you having us, of course. Uh, Could you imagine if Baylor had not been able to cover a 10-point line after they were up 28-3? to
0: and And really, they
1: might not should have had uh, had Jalen Hurts not fumbled going into the end zone.
0: That that was an incredible turn of events for a lot of reasons, and we see this a lot of times in sports. Obviously, the Patriots did it to the Atlanta Falcons in the second half of the Super Bowl. Not just an entire half, but they they were about <laughs> <laughs> midway through the third quarter, down twenty eight to three, and came back to it. So we have oh, yeah. seen large comebacks before, but it, it just it it. it it stuns you for, for a few minutes and maybe even into the next day on how did they blow... Gary, I think I'm still stunned midweek. With all that was at stake college game day there, how did they blow a 28-3 to lead at home when Matt Rule's specialty is defense?
1: Well, it wasn't so much the defense's fault. Uh, the offense could do nothing. And when your offense cannot score on Oklahoma, that's a problem. I mean, that's a major league problem. So they they got some help early in the ball game and that's what led to that 28 to 3 lead but once oklahoma stopped giving them short fields and stopped actually helping them score points they they could not move the football i mean they ran what 16 plays in the correct. second
0: half uh, correct terrible I mean, it was
1: just ridiculous Good. so I, I think the the count was 90 plays to 54 and this happens you see it happen across college football the same thing happened to Alabama in the two thousand what was it sixteen or no two thousand yeah two thousand sixteen uh, national championship game against Clemson. The defense can hold up for only so long, and once the other team just continues to run play after play after play, at, the defense is going to wear down regardless of how good it is. And that's exactly what happened here. I, Lincoln Riley had a fantastic game plan uh, for coming back in that ball game. He figured out very quickly we don't have Ceedee Lamb we don't have an explosive threat so we're going to nickel and dime them and move the ball down the field with 12 13 14 play drives and it was i mean it was a masterpiece yeah. I, I was very impressed with uh, with that offensive game plan
0: and it definitely puts Oklahoma now back in the picture potentially for the college football playoffs so before you came on i i was trying to lay out as 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 best i can like a lawyer in a courtroom here the argument Uh, that this comparison for Alabama 2019 is not the same in 2017. You know that. We were talking about it on your show, on the Winning Cures Everything podcast and YouTube show. We were talking about that the same way. And so I don't know that the Tide can just count on if it's a one-loss Oklahoma as a champion, a one-loss Oregon as a champion that wins the Pac-12, that they're going to get in in front of those teams, particularly, again, as part of my argument and part of my uh, scenario, if you have LSU unbeaten, if you have Clemson undefeated and Ohio State undefeated, and they've all won their conference, there's really only one slot. The 17 argument is there were multiple slots with teams and a loss. Gary, what's your thought on all of that, and as it relates to Alabama, who's going to be on the outside looking in for an SEC championship right now?
1: I think that this is... Uh, more in line with the 2014, the first installment, where you've got a team like TCU or Baylor. You know, TCU was number three in the next-to-last ranking. Uh, It's more just wait and see what the other teams do because you pretty much already know what Alabama is. Even if they go in and they beat Auburn by three touchdowns, this is not the same football team without Tua It's It's just not. So what they're doing right now is generating talk because, oh, of course, it's not fair that they move Alabama down. And yet we've got Minnesota ranked behind Penn State after they already beat them, and they've got the same number of losses and (laughs) blah, 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 blah. So we we can talk about being fair, and we can talk about wait and see. What it is, they have Alabama up there right now to keep people talking about, oh, my goodness, are they really going to put Alabama in? No, they're not. They're going to put more than likely the Pac-12 champion in. I think that they did show their hand with that. Because they kept Oklahoma back at nine after going on the road and winning at Baylor. They did not think highly of Baylor all season, and this proved it. Because Oklahoma gets a big-time comeback win. No, they didn't look great doing it, but they did get a win on the road against an undefeated team this late in the season. And they still only bumped up one, and that's only because Minnesota lost. So I think that they are showing us that we don't really believe in what the Big 12 is doing. But, I mean, would it surprise me if they were to move Oklahoma up there? No, not at all, because I am always a big believer of the television ratings aspect of this. Oklahoma is a bigger name than Oregon or uh, Utah. So I do think that they might would put Oklahoma in there. But if you've already got LSU overtaking Alabama, then why not add a little more new blood? And if Oregon beats Utah, which I don't think they will, I think Utah wins, which will make it even more crazy, Because I don't think they necessarily want Utah in because it's not good for ratings. So at the end of the day, the whole thing is a TV show. This is not NCAA sponsored. It's not... Anything to do with fairness or who deserves anything. (laughs) It is all that's all it is. Remember, this is the lie I often
0: use, and we're going to put it in here follow the money, right? The old all the president's men with Watergate, follow the money. And you're right. uh, The brands sell the Ohio State brand, the Alabama brand, the USC brand, if they're involved, the Penn State brand, on and on and on. Uh, SEC like Georgia or LSU, those brands sell. They bring huge fans. Uh, Texas, uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, they bring huge fans. Huge money, so... We get it. We we understand that. So follow the money as part of this. And one more point. Just follow up on it again. We keep talking about you got to let it play out. Everybody's screaming and hollering about Baylor lack of respect, Minnesota lack of respect. They lost the game that was the biggest game for both of them. You could argue that Minnesota won equally as big a game with Penn State at home, but by winning that, that made the Iowa game the next biggest game. Gary, I know I know you know what I'm saying. Huge game. Oh, yeah. uh, you know most of the country saw it on ABC. Or actually, I believe that was the Fox game. Most of the, uh, the whole country did see it on Fox. You got to win that game. They didn't win it, and so now, if the committee chooses to leave them out, you gave them the argument. You didn't run the table. You gave them the ar- the argument to leave you out by losing. There's my thought. Your thought on that, real quick, and we'll get to some dogs.
1: And my thought is that you have to prove it in more than one setting. You can't. It, you cannot just win one big game and say that we belong. Because anybody can do that. Anybody can emotionally get up for one game. That's why you see upsets all the time, sure. right? They're, sure. they're rampant yeah. in this sport. So, of course, Minnesota could beat Penn State at home on a Saturday in which Penn State turned the ball over three times, et cetera, right? Of course, that can happen. But the question is, can you continue to do it? Can you beat Iowa at Iowa? Can you win over Wisconsin and find a way into the Big Ten championship game? It, you got to keep doing it you can't just do it one time and I think that's uh that's why they were waiting around on these all
0: teams. right quick answers if Minnesota runs the table wins a big uh 10 do you take them in front of Oklahoma with a loss no wouldn't happen no way not um, gonna happen
1: what is, so one loss Oklahoma
0: as a champion uh, one loss Minnesota is a champion that's Oklahoma right
1: Yeah, I think it's Oklahoma, if 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 for no other reason than brand name. All right, Um, if it comes to it, it.
0: if it comes to it, one loss Minnesota as a champion versus one loss Pac-12 champion, whoever it is, Utah, Oregon, what do you think?
1: Um, If it's Utah, they take Minnesota. If it's Oregon, they take Oregon.
0: Interesting. All right, there's Gary Seeger's opinions. Winning Cures Everything podcast. I love he and Chris Giannini. Perk up here. These boys have been doing well with their dogs. Giannini hit two of them uh, a week ago. Gary, on the previous show, called the Western Kentucky outright win over Arkansas. and We even joked that Chad Morris could get fired at halftime of the game, and it turns out he got fired the next day after the game. So be wary here of these underdogs as he is about to give them uh all right so that being said i think you're going to start with a big 12 underdog here for three dog thursday purposes gary who do you like and why
1: as well we're going back to waco of course the uh (laughs) the site of that disaster last week the uh the 28 to 3 lead that disintegrated uh and it was a slow painful death for baylor and they moved back in the rankings again and everybody says that they are just a better football team than texas And if you look at the numbers, I can't disagree with that. But Texas has more talent. Denzel Mims had a a slight ankle injury. He is their big play threat for Baylor. Their offense has trouble moving the ball anyway. And I I think in this spot, I'm going to go with Texas coming off of that loss against Iowa State last week. Texas plus five and a half is my play here. The Longhorns have not lost back-to-back games this season. After every loss, they come back with a win, regardless of the situation. Um, I like them here. I think they're going to be fired up. They they still play for Texas pride. It This season has not gone the way that they want it to, but this is an in-state opponent. And for whatever reason, the Longhorns get up for those. And I, I like Texas in this spot. I think they can win the game outright.
0: Well, and you and I were talking on this on your show, and the the, the win one, lose one, but then bounce back and win again uh, for Tom Herman and Erlinger, The quarterback uh, ha- has played kind of inconsistently, but he he always seems to bounce back. We'll we'll see. I'm liking I'm liking me some Longhorns there in that situation too for three dog Thursday purposes. All right, next underdog Gary Seegers. Uh, where are we headed?
1: Hey, we we got to go down to the island. <laughs> we gotta go to Hawaii. Woo! Hawaii is a three-point favorite over San Diego State. San Diego State's defense is absolutely unbelievable right now, and Hawaii likes to turn the football over. And I got another interesting number for you. Hawaii last sixteen as a home favorite, won 14 and one against the spread. Do you know who the cover was? Really,
0: against? they have only covered one time in the last sixteen games as a favorite at home. Yes, that Only is one stunning. Time. The one and, and now you're asking covered. me who would the one be where they were a favorite and they covered? Was that the? It was, uh, it was the last game at home. They okay. I was going to say. So it's just most recently then.
1: Yes, to, last to, last one at home as a home favorite. Wow,
0: uh, Central Arkansas. <laughs> So so that's not exactly college football playoff material, Central Arkansas, no offense no. Uh, to them. So not in the that, that's amazing that they've been that bad as a favorite at home. Who knew the winning cures everything, guys, know that uh, something's up there. And that's why you love San Diego State here. Tell me a little more. What else about this?
1: I The defense that Rocky Long puts on the field, which, by the way, interesting, uh, uh, I guess, circle of life kind of stuff. Do you know who their defensive line coach is for San Diego State? Did they
0: did Brady Hoke go back to them?
1: Brady Hoke is their defensive <laughs> line coach. So, and and they have been performing like gangbusters this year. So I, I am all in on San Diego State here. I think they win the game outright. I think uh, I think they put a lot of pressure on Cole McDonald. He does not perform well under pressure. Uh, when when they are able to get uh, guys in the backfield, San Diego State is very successful. And I think their secondary will be able to uh, corral some passes from uh, Mr. McDonald there. And I, I think San Diego State wins this game outright. Well,
0: and you mentioned the Hawaii Warriors. Uh, they do have those back-to-back wins with San Jose State and UNLV. But they took, what was it, four losses in five games in Mountain West play before that. And and San Diego State looks good. Um so uh, we'll see. I we'll say see. How about that? A Mountain Hawaii, West late night one, middle of the oh, night yeah. one. I love it. Keep going.
1: Hawaii uh did cover my uh, my season total for them. So uh, the win total was set at five and a half for whatever reason, um but they've already hit that. So we're. We're good on that side of it, so they can lose every game from here on out, and I've already cast a ticket,
0: so. Like that. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm good. Hey, money in the bank. Take it and move on. All right, uh, Gary <laughs> Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast with us here now, ready to talk a little NFL. This is going to be just general comment. This is going to be a fantastic Uh, weekend of games starting with thursday night football with the colts and the texans I, i believe i saw this since they've gone to the full slate of the thursday night games back seven or eight years ago this is the first time that the thursday night game the sunday night game and the monday night game have featured six teams with a winning record they haven't been able to get that right uh the entire time basically over the last seven or eight years so we've got some really good matchups including uh 49ers hosting the packers uh the cowboys and the and the patriots the monday night game is the ravens and the rams seahawks and the eagles there are some just as a general comment real quick gary there's some great games in the pros to watch for this weekend
1: it's a uh, it's a little bit top heavy because I, I think you just named all of the good games and the rest <laughs> of you them are Are you saying my track?
0: 3 and 7 Buccaneers against the 3 and 7 <laughs> Falcons is not going to captivate the country the same way as Packers, Niners, Cowboys, Patriots, Ravens, Rams? Is that what you're saying? I think that is what you're saying.
1: I'm I'm saying that your Buccaneers game may not captivate the uh, the city of Tampa Bay
0: <laughs> <And so laughs> or the city of Atlanta. <laughs> Or, uh, yeah, exactly. or maybe a friends and family game. That's who's watching. That's who's attending. Uh, we will find out for that one. But this, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these games unfold. So which one of these, you need, you need to give me one more underdog, which one of these appeals to you uh, for an NFL doggy this weekend?
1: Well, let's talk about Thursday night. So we, uh, of course, I like doing the uh, the weeknight games. And if you are listening to this on Friday
0: or Saturday or whatever, <laughs> you will know whether I am smart or an idiot, one or the other. I, uh, the I point, often say that. <laughs> I'm glad you qualified it first. I like to say you're about to find out how smart Gary is when he does this. When I do this, I always say you're going to find out how stupid I am when I'm about to do this. I have a feeling you're going to be smart because you're liking the Colts here as the doggy. It's
1: plus three and a half. I get the hook here, uh, and I understand it's on the road. The Colts have already beaten the Texans this year. This team is completely different with Jacoby Brissett in the lineup. And I don't know exactly what it is. He is – A a slight MVP candidate, if for no other reason than this team lost to the Dolphins when they didn't have him.
0: That's right. And
1: they beat the team on the road
0: when they did. At at home, they lost to the Dolphins. You're you're correct. Oh, yeah. And, And I'll tell you, I've seen enough of Brissette play not only in college at Florida, but knocking around a little bit with the Patriots, and now with this opportunity... He operates within what they're trying to do. He's not going to beat himself with bad throws. He's mobile. They've run the ball exceptionally well, and that's balanced their offense for play action. I know Marlon Mack broke his hand after he had 100 yards in the first two and a half quarters last week, suffered a broken hand. They still came back with a couple of other running backs that ran it well. They they just have an excellent balanced offense with play action with his mobility and he plays within it. That's what I see, Gary here, and I, I I I like this. I mean, Houston got destroyed last week, so on a short week, I know they come back home, but do they have their head down here for a Colt team that's been really good for a lot of this season and already beat them once? I, I like I like the mentality here. Thursday night road doggy, Mister Seegers. I uh. I also just to just to put a little stats behind it.
1: Uh, Indianapolis has won and covered five of the last six against the Texans, mm. and and this dates back to when Brissett was uh, was actually playing for them before Andrew Luck came back before he even retired. So this is not just a, a recent thing. Uh, they you know they lost the first matchup last season, but they won and covered both matchups in twenty seventeen. They won and covered two of three last year, uh, including the playoff game, and then they uh, they won and covered uh, back in October, just a, a month ago. So, yeah, I'm I'm all over Indianapolis here. I, I like the matchup.
0: All right, so that is his underdog uh, for this weekend. I, I will be talking more about Packers Forty ers that one is fascinating. I was saying to you guys on your show, uh, putting this out there, the last time the 49ers were 9-1, and they won the Super Bowl. I believe it was the 89 season. They were not 9-1 when they won the Super Bowl in 94 with Steve Young. It's been 25 years since they've had the Lombardi Trophy. So this is rarefied air right now for the for the San Francisco 49ers with the Packers coming to town. That's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday night real quick, Gary.
1: Oh, it certainly is. It certainly is. I If Aaron Rodgers can get the offense moving, which – They have had trouble in spots being able to do that. I mean, you remember the last time they went to California, they got absolutely drubbed by a a poor Chargers team. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do and, and whether or not, you know, the 49ers will be able to run the football against Mike Pettin's defense. Uh, that that's going to be the biggest matchup of the night is if they force Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the football, is he going to throw it to the other team? Is he going to make plays? He does take a lot of risks, uh, and then sometimes it cashes and sometimes it doesn't. So, this is an interesting ball game i'm going to stay away from it just because it's on that key number of three right now but uh i mean if this thing starts to creep up four maybe five you know i I wouldn't mind taking aaron Rodgers in that spot
0: there you go all right so that's that's part of the nfl weekend again i always love the insight that gary Seegers and chris giannini give me on this show plug away about everything winning cures on how the audience can hear you see you male models on your youtube show tell them more about (laughs) all of it my friend
1: well, you can find us and everything that we do over at winningcureseverything.com. It's got our videos, previews, picks, podcasts, our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, go follow us at all of those. Subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you hit the like button on those videos there. Leave some comments. And on Apple Podcasts, of course, we like the reviews. So go and hit that subscribe button. Tell us what you like about it, what you don't like. We uh, We accept all criticism. And, uh, and, yeah, TJ, we always appreciate you letting us come on and, uh, and you coming on with us.
0: Love the relationship with these guys. Good luck to Gary Seegers, Hook'em Horns, San Diego State Aztecs, and Indianapolis Colts for his three underdogs this weekend. My friend, thank you. I look forward to being thankful and talking to the Winning Cures guys Thanksgiving week next week. Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Hey, a reminder, Three Dog Thursday also brought to you in part by Vivid Seats, the Vivid Seats mobile app. Get great seats to everything going on, whether it's these college football games uh, this weekend across the board, all of the different matchups that will be taking place. Uh, check those out. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State at the Horseshoe. Uh, the Oregon-Arizona State game in Tempe, Arizona. And on and on and on. All the big matchups. Uh, Get the, the, the NFL games, whether it's the Patriots and the Cowboys in New England or the Ravens and the Rams for Sunday or for Monday night football at the Coliseum, that Packer Niners game in San Francisco. Uh, Seattle against the Eagles, on and on. All these uh, great games go to Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Heck, if you want to go to the the, the boxing uh, huge fight in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena, Deontay Wilder defending his WBC Heavyweight Championship pay-per-view Saturday night. But if you're trying to go to the fight in Vegas, use Vivid Seats. And we've got a great promo code for you. Use the promo code THURSDAY10 and take 10% off your order. If you're a first-time user of Vivid Seats, 10% off your order with the promo code thursday Again, great selection, 100% secure purchase, customer satisfaction guaranteed through Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. You should not use anybody else on the secondary market. I am here to testify it will take you less than five minutes to sign up, select your game, and make your purchase. And then save with the promo code THURSDAY10, 10% off your order, up to $50 if you're a first-time user. Use that app for college football, for NFL, the NBA games, the college hoop games, anything that's going on. It's Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app.
1: The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? three dog
0: Thursday now continues here again is TJ Reeves have not had a chance to catch up with this man yet in the college football season that does not mean that he's not doing great work as an insider with Stadium and WatchStadium.com love Brett McMurphy and uh, in in particular uh, around this time of the year if you need information coaching searches what's up with bowl games, that kind of thing. Great resource. And we've got him here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. How you feeling right about now as we're we're on the cusp of the regular season ending and the good stuff starts getting really good?
2: The end is near, which I don't like, but uh, at least we should have some uh, answers as far as the college football playoff and some of these coaching vacancies and soon-to-be vacancies. So uh, it's, it's funny how quickly all this goes because – I remember, you know, just talking to you a few months ago, and season was getting ready to get kicked <laughs> off. Now, oh my God, it's almost over. What are we gonna
0: do? Yeah, exactly. It, it always comes this way in a cycle, and then it's like an avalanche, and then it's over with. Um, okay, so I've said earlier in this podcast before you came on that if the committee now wants to look at Minnesota and Baylor and exclude them, they gave them a reason both both with losing a game that those two basically had to be undefeated. Do you agree? with that, that those losses have basically cost them, if there's a one-loss Alabama or a one-loss Pac-12 champion or somebody. I still believe, I just said this a few minutes ago on the podcast, even if Minnesota or Baylor has one loss and wins the conference title game, I don't know that they would take them ahead of Alabama, for example. Those are my feelings. What, What are your thoughts on how damaged Minnesota and Baylor are coming off the weekend?
2: Well, I agree with what you said at the start. I mean, look—if Michigan had Minnesota's resume, and if Texas had Baylor's resume, those guys would be ranked higher than both of those schools currently are. I mean, I mean that's that's unfortunate, but that's the reality. If Minnesota, we'll play that game. If Minnesota wins out, that means they would have had a four-point loss at Iowa, which is not the worst thing in the world. Top fifteen, sixteen-ranked team right now. That means they also would have wins against Penn State, against Wisconsin, and against Ohio State, which is, right. should be number one, or is it worse, number two. That's three wins against top 25 ranked opponents, including a top two Ohio State. All Alabama can have is a one-and-one record against top 25 teams, and that's a win against Auburn and a win against or, excuse me, a loss against LSU. Based on past history, the five previous years of the college football playoff, they have never selected a team that had fewer top 25 wins over a team that had more top 25 wins if they had the same number of losses. So in your scenario, the selection committee, at least as far as teams, going for one of the top four spots. They may have later down in the
0: rankings. As far
2: as the top four spots, based on your scenario, in the past five years, they have always taken Minnesota over Alabama. Then you add the caveat that they have a conference championship. Um, However, there's some people that believe that if Minnesota wins out, as you state, and say they beat Ohio State in a close game, Some people think they'll keep Ohio State in and not even (laughs) let Minnesota in. Even though they just won the head, well, now that would be ludicrous. Uh,
0: that would be crazy. I, I thought you were going to say they take both of them in the in the Big Ten and well, before SEC and before SEC yeah. fans screams about that. That's kind of the same thing we're talking about with what happened with Alabama in twenty seventeen. I to me on the crazy meter, that's a that's a two hundred and seventy nine. If if Minnesota wins out, beats Ohio State, and they don't take Minnesota and they do take Ohio State, we ought to ball the whole thing up and throw it in the trash, Brett. If that if that's what happens.
2: Well, I mean, the, the the frustrating and fascinating part about these, this whole process is that humans are involved, and people want to be able to, you and I want to sit here and be able to dissect, if A and B happens, then that means the result is C. It's not that way. It's sure. 13, 13 individuals, it's a beauty pageant, as we, we talked about before, and, you know, look, Thir- those 13 people may disagree with you and I and 11 other folks on who the top four teams are. And again, that's the fascinating and fascinating thing about this deal. And you can say, you know what, you need to consider conference championships. You need to consider strength of schedule. You need to consider a laundry list of things, but it boils down to what this person thinks is most, they value the most and what they value the most may not necessarily be the same thing that you and I value the most. And so, yeah, there's, um, you know, look, there's the simplest way, obviously, is LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson went out. Those are the three teams, LSU and Ohio State, whether they're one and two or two and one, you know, they'll figure that out. That will be huge because I think the team you don't want to play right now is Clemson, even though the resume may not stack up with a lot of people. If I'm going into these playoffs, Clemson is the one team I don't want to face. So you want to stay out of the one hole or stay out of the two hole because that means you don't face Clemson in the semi. The four spot is where it's going to get tricky because if OU wins out, you've got 12-1 Oklahoma. The winner of the Pac-12 would be, assuming they don't stumble, the would be 12-1 Utah or 12-1 Oregon. And then you've got 11 and 1 Bama that no longer has two at Tonga bailoa Based on the scenario I told you earlier about the, the past history with the uh, top 25 wins, if there's no major upsets, all those teams went out. You would have Alabama at one and one against top 25 teams. You would have Oregon at two and one. You have have Utah at one and one. Whoever emerges from that Pac 12, you would have Oklahoma potentially with four top 25 wins. Right. They would seem to be the automatic um, selection, TJ. But look, they're already <laughs> back at number nine. They went on the road and won at number thirteen. They moved up one spot. What though you have left? They have a TCU team that may not finish six and six. They've got number twenty-one Oklahoma State on the road, and they've got a rematch with Baylor. I don't think beating TCU, winning at Oklahoma State, and beating Baylor again at a neutral site after you already beat them in Waco is going to... Is enough. Is enough. Right, right. Yeah. Both OU in the top four. I think it boils down to the Pac-12 champ versus Alabama. Um, You know, Oregon would have the better resume, but then Oregon could get dinged if Alabama blows out Auburn. Um, If it's Utah-Alabama, their resumes are about the same. Again, it it comes down to how much they value the conference championship of the Pac-12. And also how dominating Alabama looks without
0: Tua Tungavailoa there you go well and that's and that's what Rob Mullins pretty much said coming off the Tuesday Night Rankings reveal without saying it they want to see what Alabama looks like against Auburn without Tua for the possibility that they could include them and look there's precedent in other sports uh you know we, we cover college basketball kenyon martin on the number one ranked team in the country breaks his leg the selection committee in march in the conference tournament the selection committee absolutely looked at them and said you're not the same team without him we're not excluding you from the 64 team field at that time but we're also not seating you number one you're not the same team without him and it could be the same argument here with Tua, especially if alabama struggles let's say and barely wins like a a 20-17, 17-13 type game, they could look at that and say you're not the same team, and it's a subjective process. So that's a good point that you make on how they judge Alabama and that's still to play out. I got one more for you uh, for Brett McMurphy here. Rob Mullins is the head of that committee, and no matter what, the athletic director at Oregon, no matter what anybody says that is obviously something that's like a, a you know a, a big a pink elephant in the room here because any time they're being discussed even without him in the room I mean, it's the chance to be in the college football playoff. It is an awkward deal, and it is a debate right now about whether or not they're going to get into one of those four spots. It may still work out that they get in, but if they don't get in, there's going to be great controversy about that debate and about him being the head of the committee. Give me a thought on what I've just laid out there. No matter what happens, he's in the center of it as the head of the committee for Oregon.
2: Well, here's the deal. And I've gone through the mock process um, do, doing the college football playoff selection committee. I've gone through the same same process that they that they go through. It is not fixed. It's not a conspiracy. There's not you know all those look. I love conspiracy theories. There aren't any. <laughs> However, what you say is valid, and here's the reason: when you vote, and you, I can't get into the whole process. It's not. It's not simply one through 25, and here's our, our rankings. You Basically, you vote for teams in groups of six. Mm-hmm. And once you vote for those groups of six, they take the top three, and those top three stick, and then the other three go back into the pool, and then you come up with the next six teams you want to vote on. And then you vote for those six, and the top three from those, then they come in at four, five, six. And you do that process until you get your top 25. So what happens with Rob Mullins? Anytime Oregon is in a group of six, he cannot vote in that group of six. He's he, out of the room. And he
0: has to leave the room. Right. And they may discuss yes. for 20 minutes that group of six right. or an hour and that group of six. Of yeah. that,
2: Joe, so here's another one, TJ. Joe Castiglione is on the committee.
0: The Oregon, He's the, uh, the uh, Oklahoma athlete, athlete Oklahoma. director. Right, 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 right.
2: Frank Beamer's son, Shane, is an assistant at Oklahoma. He cannot vote for any votes concerning Oklahoma. So now you've got three potential – you've got three people involved that cannot vote. If Oregon and OU are in the same pod, you've got (laughs) three people that have to leave the room. I would argue that it actually hurts those teams more than it helps them because you take these guys out and their votes don't count. Look, when you go into this, you vote the teams, you don't vote conferences. I really believe that – I believe that strongly. However, they want us to believe on one hand that they leave their hats at the door. They have the, the hat rack there where you put their, your, you know, hat there, your allegiance, your allegiance. They want us to believe that. And I believe that, but then on the flip side, they don't want those guys to vote for anything involving their own teams. I think it hurt, actually hurts those schools because it hurts where they potentially could get votes. And I'm not saying they would not – they may vote those guys higher than they should. I'm just saying if you take them completely out of the mix, instead of 13 people voting for these spots, now you're down to 10. And so now more weight is put on the remaining 10 people. They have more power because these other three people are out of the room. And so I don't, I'm not smart enough to, to break down all the mathematics on it. But you brought something up that I've always wondered about, and I've asked Bill Hancock about it, and he just says, "Oh, well, you know, it, it evens out because their votes don't count. They take them out of the room, and that's my whole, yep. my whole premise." I is, yes, you take you're taking them out. It's got to impact Oklahoma. It's got to hurt Oklahoma that two people that would probably think very highly of them can't vote for Oklahoma, and somebody would think highly of Oregon. Can't go to Oregon. Look, If Oregon doesn't win the Pac-12, it's not going to matter, but you bring up
0: a valid time. All right. Brett McMurphy with me for a few more minutes before you got to run, and so do we. It's a Three Dog Thursday podcast. By the way, Brett's latest projections, he's got LSU playing Utah. He believes Utah will emerge as the Pac-12 champion, Ohio State, Clemson. Uh, and then you like Oregon, Wisconsin. Uh, that's the the logical um, Rose Bowl. Georgia, Oklahoma, Sugar Bowl, Bama, and Miami, orange bowl and then memphis sneaking in as the group of six team to potentially play florida depending on how it goes so keep up with his predictions and projections on uh watch stadium on their coverage and uh watch with what he thinks for right now um coaching carousel the name bob stoops continues to be associated <laughs> with the florida state job i know you're laughing we have talked off the air about this I keep saying to anybody that I'm around I I don't believe he wants to do anything other than coach pro football first in the XFL and then maybe try it with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you believe he is out of uh out of consideration for not just the Florida State job but any college job? What what do we think? What do you know? What do you believe real quick?
2: He's not in the mix for Florida State. Look, he's not going to Florida State. I, I mean, I I don't want to get into the I don't even want to justify that with an answer, but
3: okay,
0: I
2: don't want to justify that with an answer. I got you um, no, I I've, been told, I've been told I've been told
0: by two people, by two different people that are either close to the situation or know about him. He wants to coach in the NFL. He wants to give it a shot and he believes this xFL opportunity is essentially an audition right here to maybe be an NFL coach next season, possibly who knows? So, for now, what it's worth, yeah, let's could, see what I, happens. I
2: would believe I would believe that I was the only thing I was gonna add is I don't wanna rule him completely out of the college ranks because let's uh, and I'm not saying this job would open, but what if Notre Dame opened right? Would Stoops have any you know in, any interest to go to Notre Dame kind of historical great program I don't know I look he got I, he stepped out in Oklahoma. I think, like a lot of these guys, they get tired of the the daily grind of the recruiting and all that. Kind mm-hmm. of that. And yeah, I think they would prefer to go to the pro ranks and yeah, I, I would you're what you're being told that makes sense. I don't know that myself, but it would not surprise me. And the XFL is perfect for him. He gets to stay in Norman, he drives down to Dallas for uh, you know, a couple of months out of the year and gets to to coach football and just coach football and not have to deal with all the academics and recruiting and all that other stuff. So um, certainly, he's young enough to continue coaching, and I think a lot of these guys—they get that coaching, and you know this, TJ—they realize, you know what, I don't have anything to do? <laughs> My wife <laughs> tired of me being around the house. I want to get back on the sideline.
0: Yep. Well, we'll see if that's the case with him. All right. As far as Florida State, I I, uh, I wonder here if Odell Hagens isn't a suitable short term. Uh, option here that they might look strongly at what what gauge the percentage chance of that is there like a five percent chance a three percent chance 10 maybe you think 25 percent chance that Florida State does uh, what could be an interesting thing which is let the guy that's been here for 30 years kind of be the caretaker right now maybe for a year or two we, we have money issues too on paying Willie Taggart what what percentage chance do you believe that has uh, of happening of Hagen's being the guy and being the guy at least in the short term
2: uh, I don't think. I mean, obviously, he'll finish out the season. I don't. I don't think they want would want him to be the coach next season. I think they they have bigger targets now. Maybe if they can't name these, maybe if they can't uh, land these bigger targets, and then they they do, you know, say okay, it's it's yours to going forward. Um, but if you're going to do that, I don't think you let him. You gotta let. You gotta give him a four or five-year contract you can't just say okay you're going to do it for one year because that kills recruiting um you know i think they'll go for some bigger targets some power five schools Um, if they can get some of those get one of those guys uh, i think they'll stick with it if they find out that they can't um because other jobs open up domino effect that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and they're not in love with uh, somebody from the group of five level then i think that is a an option. I think it's probably a last option and that's nothing against him. I just think Florida state, you know, wants to make a big splash and, you know, look, if you're Florida state, you know, there's no excuse to be in the position you are right now win loss wise, I mean, Clemson and then the ACC falls off a cliff. I mean, Florida state should be, Remember, here's one. Remember when Florida State was Clemson? Right before Clemson was Clemson. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that Florida State used to dominate like Clemson has dominated, and certainly the Seminoles feel they can get back to that. I think they can with the great recruiting base here in the state of Florida. But yeah, unfortunately for Odell, I mean, he could run the table, but I just I don't see him. uh Similar to kind of like Luke Fickle at, at Ohio State, he was obviously he was there a whole season, but I think. Um, Florida State will look to replace
0: him for uh, 2020. Hey, uh, real quick, Arkansas, uh, I mean, that is not as desirable a job as maybe as it was even a few years ago here. Are they going to get a, a legitimate, credible coach in that situation, or is it only going to be like maybe a mid-major type coach, group of group of five conference coach that's willing to come in there? I, can they land a big one real quick, Brett? I mean, I, I think they're a real – Real issues and concerns, especially with having to play in the SEC West with Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and that whole roll call. I don't know what's going on with Arkansas.
2: Well, you named one of the biggest challenges of getting a coach at that school is when you when you take over at that school. Basically, what realistically, when you're starting out, you are
1: <laughs>
2: seventh, eighth, ninth. How how deep you have to go. Um, Realistically, in that in a conference pecking order, I mean, and in the West, you know, you're, you know, it's it's like the the old cliche when you go into a poker game if if you don't see you're the sucker, you're the sucker. Well, <laughs> Arkansas is the sucker right now. It's either it's either them or Ole Miss in the SEC West. So very difficult, difficult job. And then you've got you know the teams that are, have improved in, in in the East, and obviously Georgia's a mainstay in Florida and. Uh, we could go on and on. I think they make I think they kick the tires with Gus Malzon. And it's funny to say, Oh, would Gus do it? He's obviously from Arkansas. You know, he's on the hot seat. He's often on the hot seat, you know, every five seconds. That fan base is so fickle. If they lose big to Alabama at home without Tua, does that do the pitchforks come out for Gus again? Does he finally get fed up with it and go to Arkansas? I don't know. Maybe they make a run at another SEC or former SEC coach, Hugh Freeze. After his first year at Liberty, uh, he's done well there. I think Hugh Freeze will get some some looks. Uh, If that doesn't happen, uh, I know your ties to Memphis, your beloved Tigers.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell
2: is getting a lot of attention, whether it's at Arkansas or somewhere else. Is this the year he finally makes a move? Um, you know, look, it's a job in the SEC. They will want people that go there. And I know that rational people like you and I say, why in the world would they go there? You know, it's it's like beating your, your head up against a wall every day trying to compete in the SEC. But, again, that's why these coaches are coaches. And part of it is the ego, and part of it is the belief, the real belief that, hey, I can be the guy that can come in there and turn it around. So they will, with obviously Jerry Jones backing, I think that will help. The financial issues, so they will they will shoot for these stars. Um, whether they get a star or they uh, end up much further down is yet to be seen. But um, you know, good luck to God, and good luck and Godspeed to whoever takes over the
0: Well, and you mentioned Norvell. Watch Lane Kiffin at FAU, especially if they win a couple more at the end of the year, because he was in the mix apparently previously for the Arkansas job uh, at another point. They may be a group of five, Coach, that they get, but you just wonder if any of them can have sustained success or even short-term success at Arkansas with what they are up against. I know what we're up against is you got to get out of here. Go to WatchStadium.com. Go to Stadium there on Twitter. You guys are doing pregame coverage. Are you somewhere this weekend or at least for the following weekend with your pregame shows? I know you've done several of those pregame shows on Saturday on Watch Stadium. Something going on soon here. What's up?
2: No, the last one was, uh, I was in Michigan State, Michigan, last week. That was a lot of fun uh, with Braylon Edwards. So uh, I'm not sure where we are. We're not anywhere this week. We're in the planning stages for the following week. And gotcha conference
0: championships all right so we look for all of that to unfold watch stadium brett mcmurphy love his insight as a college football insider he's as plugged in as there is uh i know you've got a scoot i thank you for the time and one thing we know it's all going to change here in the next couple of weeks whether it's (laughs) the games on the field or the coaching carousel thank you brett thanks pj he is back, and he has been rolling along with college underdogs. He, too, liked the Temple Owls uh, last week in college at home as a doggie and hit that one in the previous week, had Illinois and LSU looking good, had Virginia Tech at Notre Dame the week before that. You better be paying attention to the man from MajorWager.com and BrianEdwardsSports.com. Brian Edwards back with me on Three Dog Thursday. Young man, how you feeling as we get ready to embark on another weekend?
3: Do, doing well, TJ. Feeling uh, feeling pretty good. Um, got a, a couple of dogs I'm pretty confident in, so let's, uh, let's get to it. We'll roll, the,
0: we'll roll the sleeves up and get to those in a moment. First, uh, I, I want to get your take, because we're going to keep doing this as a constant, with the college football playoff rankings out. I've already touched on the fact that Baylor and Minnesota had their chance to really control their own destiny, win their way in. They both were beaten. Uh, I'll kind of ask you the same thing I asked last week. Do you have any problems right now with where the where the rankings sit uh, as everything was unveiled on Tuesday night?
3: No, not not really. But I I don't think that um, I, the way I see it playing out, I think Oklahoma's got a lot better chance than 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 what it seems like where they where they are currently ranked. I, I feel like if they can win at Oklahoma State and this this week would be a pretty decent win against TCU. And then, you know, if they had their druthers, Baylor uh will win its next two and then they would get another quality win over Baylor. And I just think that Oklahoma's quality wins will 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 be enough to overtake the Utah Oregon winner and also Alabama because you know, the only quality win Alabama has over, uh, you know, teams currently in my power rankings, top 25, is A&M. But A&M's a double-digit dog the next two weeks. And, and you know, unless it pulls an upset, is going to finish 7-5. and five. And if they beat Auburn, I mean, Auburn, I have, I believe, 10th or 11th in my power rankings this week. But they would drop more with a loss to Alabama. So I just think, I mean, you look at Oklahoma's um, – you know, schedule they've got quality wins, or at least to me, I know Texas is fading in general. But in terms of Vegas rankings, Texas is a quality win. Um, you know, they've beaten Iowa State. They've uh, they've won now at Baylor. They would have a win at Oklahoma State. They would have another win at Baylor and right. against right. Baylor. And I just think that's more quality wins than Utah, Oregon, or Alabama.
0: Okay, a a fun hypothetical, because I've been playing these hypothetical games with the previous guests on the podcast. Let's say Minnesota wins out, wins the Big Ten, uh, beating Ohio State, who's undefeated. Let's say Baylor now wins out and hypothetically wins the rematch with Oklahoma on the neutral field. They both have one loss. Do either one of them have the better argument to be in the Final Four? And if so, which one is it, according to Brian Edwards?
3: If Ohio State is is undefeated and, and beats Michigan, and, and they're you know, yeah, I, I would got I would have to say Minnesota on the strength of the victory over Ohio State. I I, I think that's got to be yet. Now, if Michigan were to upset Ohio State, maybe
0: that changes things, but I would have to say Minnesota there. Gotcha on that. Uh, And I I was talking, uh, again, I keep making reference to previous, but you didn't get a chance to hear it yet. I was talking previously on the podcast, this is not 2017 for Alabama when they had beaten Florida State preseason top five, number one team the whole year, lost the last game of the year to Auburn for them in the regular season, but then looked at a top four that only had one unbeaten team entering championship weekend. That was Wisconsin two years ago and Ohio State beat them on championship weekend so that there's now no unbeaten teams left and now you're comparing everybody, Brian, as you remember, with one loss and that's how Alabama got in without winning a title game. I just This is not the same thing, uh, at least at the moment. You theoretically are going to have three unbeaten teams and then you may have a couple of conference champions potentially that have have only one loss they're they're not getting in if that part plays out now if we get anarchy if we get a bunch of teams and a bunch of losses maybe alabama has an argument i i just don't see it brian on this goal round. it's not a comparison to 2017 it's just not
3: i i agree with you i mean and you know people can say whatever they want about the committee whether they take into account two out or not let me tell you this they, it doesn't help out, sure. and um I, I, you know Alabama. What they have going for them is they would have out of the one loss teams, they would have the the more quality of the one loss. But everybody else would have so many more quality wins that it would make up for that in my mind. And, and you know, little things like you know Duke playing awful here lately that doesn't help Alabama. Right. I, I, Alabama needs two thousand seven like chaos when LSU got in. Oh yeah. There's only a two game. With, with, with two losses yeah, that's they, when every, they, that's, that's when I
0: everybody mean. had two losses and i think everybody blew it in the last two weeks and we ended up with two loss lsu two two loss ohio state in the 2007 anarchy so i i would agree with that um all right so that moves us into the underdogs for this weekend the second to last weekend of the regular season of college football I have a feeling I know where you're going. There are a couple of underdogs that immediately stood out to me that, hey, Brian Edwards is going to like one or both of these. Let's see if I'm right. What's underdog number one?
3: Well, my favorite is going to be Illinois. There
0: let's we go. go. go there we go. Back to them let's, again. Let's,
3: let's go back to them. They've had two weeks to prepare, so, you know, no flat. Or let down after clinching their first bull bid under Lovey, and you know Jay Hansen, their Buckus Award uh, semifinalist, the stud linebacker. Um, you know maybe he gets back. He did not play against Michigan State. Uh, he's questionable. Um, look, so they're double-digit dogs at Iowa. This is the seventh time they're a double-digit underdog. They're five and one against the spread with three outright victories. They've now won four games in a row. They've covered five in a row. Uh, Brandon Peters off a career best 369 yards passing in East Lansing mm-hmm. um, during this during this 5-0 ATF surge, 6-1 TDI and T ratio. And look, um, Iowa does not run the ball as well as they normally do. They rank only 100 out of 130 FBS teams in running the ball, and they only average 24 points per game. And the only two wins they've had over big 10 teams by margins of more than 6 and they're laying 15 15 and a half here and they beat Rutgers by 31 we know how bad they are and they won 20 to nothing at Northwestern and Northwestern's got the worst offense outside of Akron um so yeah i, I like illinois chances here again um i don't know that i'm gonna play the money line like 2 weeks ago but i'm not necessarily against it for a very small taste but i really like illinois plus and 15, and here's
0: Exactly. Here's one other factor. I know it's at home. They come off the big win over Minnesota, but you look at all of Iowa's results really recently in the Big uh, Ten going back to the Michigan game. 10-3 loss to Michigan. 17-12 loss to Penn State. Go on to play Purdue the next week. 26-20 game. Yes, they shut out Northwestern, then 20 to nothing, so that's the one outlier. But then the next two games, 24-22 they lose to Wisconsin. 23-19. Every one of these, six of the seven were close games, and you're getting 15 with Illinois, that one is that one is tempting, even for the host, w- with Illinois off the bye week and the way that Peters, the, the senior transfer quarterback, the fifth-year quarterback, has played, very, very interesting Big Ten underdog there uh, w- with Illinois against Iowa. Again, Brian Edwards with me, MajorWager.com, he's going to tell you more about his stuff and his site's coming up. Second college underdog, sir.
3: Well, you know, we were talking about the scenarios for Alabama, and this is one, if it were to come through on the money line, would be would be very good. Or, you know, all the one-loss teams are, are looking for this. Uh, Arizona State, plus 14.5 at home to Oregon. Now, Arizona State is certainly going in the wrong direction. Uh, they've lost four in a row. But let's remember, you know, they didn't have uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, their star freshman quarterback. They, they didn't have him uh, in one of those games. And, uh, look, they lost by five to USC. They lost by one to Oregon State. Uh, but, look, under Herm, since he took over, A- ASU is 8-4-2 against the spread in 14 games as an underdog and six outright wins. They're at home here. They're, they are 5-5, five and five, so they're trying to get bowl eligible Plenty of motivation, you know, despite the fact that you know they're in a bit of a tailspin here. Uh, and look, Jaden Daniels, this, the freshman quarterback, fourteen to two TDI and T ratio. You've got Eno Benjamin, the solid running back. Uh, their defense hasn't been as good lately, but early in the year they were re- they were really good. And um, yeah, you know, I know Oregon is rolling. But uh this is a big number and uh we're gonna play well on the road, but I like Arizona State here. You know, not as much as Illinois for money management purposes and I'm not calling the outright upset, but ASU plus the uh more than two touchdowns at home, I gotta take that.
0: Well, and of course Herm Edwards on the uh on the decision last week in the final minute decided to play To win the game. You play to win the game, Brian Edwards. He went for the two and missed it against Oregon State and got chastised. I I don't think it was the wrong move. Uh, I I think that you can question the play call. uh, But, uh, again, that's a lot of points for them at home. And I have been to a game a couple of years ago. It wasn't Herm Edwards. It was Todd Grantham. Uh, or Todd, Todd Graham, excuse me, uh, the Arizona State coach, when they upset Washington in that environment, a night game in Tempe. I, I don't, they're not as good as Oregon, but that's a magical kind of place in the Pac 12 where they could hang in. It's the ABC national game as well. Arizona State plus 14 and a half against an, an Oregon team that has everything on the line, uh, trying to be alive for the Rose Bowl, trying to be alive for the college football playoff. Very, very interesting. The host may be interested in that as well with the Sun Devils at Sun Devil Stadium on Saturday night. All right, so we'll turn to the NFL for a remaining moment or two. Brian, I keep talking about It, it is such a great weekend for matchups, even beginning with the Thursday night game, whenever the listeners are, are hearing us here on Indianapolis and in Houston. But it, it moves on along to the Cowboys and Patriots Sunday afternoon, uh, Seahawks and Eagles Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, uh, Packers and 49ers, Monday night, Ravens and Rams, this is gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of good NFL football across the weekend. A feast even before Thanksgiving of NFL football, real quick, Brian Edwards, to watch this weekend.
3: Yeah, and um the underdog that that I'm looking at, um, and I had them last week, uh, against the Redskins. I mean, obviously they're only one point dog, and they're short dog here again, but uh plus three uh to the Raiders who gotta uh travel east. Uh they've they're one and three straight up on the road this year, uh chilly weather in you know in New York, obviously, which the Raiders aren't you know that accustomed to, and uh you know the jets have just got a little you know back to back wins uh i mean obviously only three for the <laughs> season, but they were missing darnold, you know they're playing a third string quarterback uh, like early like
0: right five. early right, yep.
3: Yeah, so a little bit of confidence boost here. Oakland didn't look that great against the Bengals last week. No, they Tomorrow. did
0: not. You're right. No, they did yeah. not. Well, and the Jets, and the Jets back home here with a good defense as well. Uh, and I guess we're going to find out what the Raiders are truly made of because if they win this game, they set up a huge showdown with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, coming up at 7-4 and four against 7-4 and four at Arrowhead. Let's see if the Raiders are truly improved in a game that they're supposed to win. But I, I don't think that's bad at all with the Jets uh, getting points at home. Food for thought, audience, from Brian Edwards uh, in that matchup. What you know? What's Dallas made of at New England? What is San Francisco truly made of? They're getting the gift of a third straight home game. Green Bay off the bye week. That one will be interesting Sunday night. A lot of fun NFL here for the weekend. Brian Edwards, tell them more about, uh, about your site, your Twitter, your stuff. You've got great information across the board. Tell them more about how they find it, sir.
3: Yeah, so my, my picks, I mean, I, I give a lot of, love, love to give away them for free on your show and on other, <laughs> other radio shows. But, but if you want to find some extras like some action in the middle of the week, you can go to VegasInsider.com and find my picks. Also, Brian Edwards um, Also, doing a lot of writing for MajorWagier.com. My, my Twitter handle is at VegasB Edwards. And I'll just throw out one more quick one. If Baby Megatron, that's Calvin Johnson's son, Colin, the outstanding wide receiver for Texas, he's got a hamstring injury. If he gets upgraded to probable, and I lean Texas anyway. They're plus five and a half at Baylor. Uh, Texas has won four in a row over Baylor. And Tom Herman as a head coach at Houston and Texas, 15 and four against the spread with five outright wins uh, in, what is that, 19 games as an underdog. So I lean Texas, especially if Johnson gets upgraded to probable. And – uh Thank you for having me again,
0: I, I love He even gives a bonus underdog about the Texas Longhorns at Baylor. Again, that one is one that I am looking at uh, as well uh, for this weekend for Three Dog Thursday purposes. So Brian Edwards has Illinois, Arizona State, the jets and a bonus of the texas longhorns potentially for this weekend. They need to stay locked in to majorwager.com to read you, stay locked into your twitter, vegas b edwards uh, as well. And, uh, yes, and yes, sir. and keep track of all of your stuff as part of three dog thursday. Brian, I always love the insight. Good luck with the underdogs and let's see what happens this week as the college football gets even crazier. Appreciate it, my friend.
4: P.J.,
3: thanks a so bunch, man. Always enjoy it, and have a great weekend, and watch out for my suddenly hot
0: soon. He is batting cleanup. He is back. He just could not stay away. Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast is back. Uh, After a week away, his colleague Ryan Kramer was here. Uh, Sean, good to have you. I'd love to tell you that Ryan knocked it out of the park uh, last week on the underdogs, but he struggled, and I joined in (laughs) with him on Navy against Notre Dame. What were he and I thinking uh, as Navy fell behind, like in the first five minutes of the game, 14 to nothing, and then got blown out? So Ryan had his struggles. So you were missed is what I'm getting at. We're we're glad to have you back because you've done well with some picks. How you feeling, Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast?
4: Feeling uh feeling great. you know, not an amazing uh week as far as my NFL stuff, but uh been on a nice streak over on the Sports Gambling Podcast with actually my college locks. Seven oh and one on my locks and bonus locks, uh, the past four weeks. And so that's awesome. And then uh yeah, the podcast. We took a trip up to uh Pullman, Washington to watch uh Wazoo take care of uh Stanford and hang out with Coach Leach. So uh that was pretty awesome. Oh, you got to uh, tell me more. Awesome.
0: You got to tell me more about that. You were around <laughs> the mad scientist, you were around his Wazoo program. <laughs> what about it?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. It was great to uh, you know, we got yelled at for uh, cheering in the press uh box there. Forgot you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but uh we we all, of course, uh, got on uh, Wazoo minus 10, and uh, they ended up taking care of business against Stanford. And, you know, a nice win. Uh, they had lost two in a row there. So good bounce-back opportunity, and uh, maybe we're, uh, we're their lucky charm. So we'll see if we get back there.
0: I love it. Uh, again, this man has been rocking and rolling with us here with some different underdogs over the past few weeks. Uh, Sean had Tulsa when last we talked to you as an outright win over UCF on a Friday night game as a 17-point underdog. He also got the narrow miss of the upset, the outright upset of Notre Dame with Virginia Tech was 17-and-a-half. Loves the large lines, so let's be, let's be mindful of that as he gets into his underdog picks in a couple of moments. I want to uh, put this to you the same way I did to Ryan last week. You have a different perspective. I am based in the South, Um, and and, uh, a lot of the different guests that we have on are kind of in the eastern part of the country or maybe the midwestern part of the country. You guys are out west, so you have a different perspective. Uh, Oregon and Utah are vying for the Pac-12 title, and obviously Oregon at Arizona State, Utah at Arizona for the games this weekend. I guess the question to you, with the college football playoff rankings out now for the third time, it's iffy on whether or not Oregon or Utah are going to end up in the playoff if they're 12-1 and 1 as the conference champion. What's your take here? How realistic is it that the Ducks or the Utes can get there as a Pac-12 champ at 12-1, and 1, Sean?
4: Well, uh, one of my big uh, predictions, my bold prediction coming into the season was that Oregon was going to make the college football playoff I, uh, I love Herbert. I love the amount of uh, returning offensive linemen they had. I thought they were in a great spot. Yes, they lost to Auburn uh, that first week, and man, if they would have won them, it would have been uh, it would have been such an easier pass uh, path for them. But they still have a pretty good shot here. A, they need to win out, and uh, they need a little help from LSU. LSU needs to beat Georgia. If Georgia beats LSU, I think it's going to be impossible for a Pac-12 team to get into the College Football Playoff. But I do think LSU can take care of Georgia and I think Oregon can win out Uh, right now. I think they're like plus 400 to make the college football playoffs. So I'm going to stand by uh, my early season prediction. Although Utah, Utah is in a similar spot. If Utah beats them in the championship game or whatever, uh, you know, they're, they're right there as well. And they're, they're playing amazing. Um, So yeah, I think basically what needs to happen is Oregon wins out. And if Georgia beat lsu then uh you know mm. it's just going to be a lot of sec action uh, <laughs> up top there in the college football playoffs.
0: well and it's going to be tough to deny lsu as the as the one lost team that didn't win it when they have a win over alabama they have a win over auburn they have a win all the way back at the beginning of the year at texas all of that all of that should matter so i think most people agree if georgia pulls the upset that very likely it's going to be two but are, are you of the belief, we've asked other guests on the podcast before you've come on, I, I just don't think Alabama is in the mix here unless we get anarchy. This is not two years ago. They're not the presumptive number one team. Again, to lay out the case, I may be repeating for some that have that have now heard this over and over again on the podcast, but they were the presumptive number one team that didn't lose all the way to the very last game of their season in the regular season with Auburn. And in that scenario, Sean, you may or may not know all of this, Uh, There was only one unbeaten team in 2017 headed into the championship games. That was Wisconsin, so everybody else had at least one loss. Auburn was in the top four with two losses going to the SEC title game. In this case, you very possibly are going to have, very likely, uh, depending on what happens here the next two weeks, three teams that are undefeated. I I don't see how Alabama can get in there uh, if this plays out over the next couple of weeks with three unbeaten teams they're they're not going to be in front of a a Big 10, Big 12 or Pac 12 one loss champ that won their conference that won their championship game if all of those unbeaten teams are in there and there's only one spot i just i don't buy it
4: yeah i mean that that loss was huge for them and then they don't they're not going to be playing in the SEC championship so they won't have uh, right. a chance to kind of redeem themselves And, uh, yeah, and if you factor in, and and I think they're also supposed to factor in, to some degree, you know, your viability as a team in the college football playoffs. So, the fact that Tua is out, uh, yeah, as unfortunate as that injury was, I think if you're looking at, yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, you know, the Gophers even, or so, there's just so many other one-loss teams that, especially if they win their conference championship, which should count for something, I think it's going to be tough to uh, deny uh, some of those conference championship winners and instead put uh, an Alabama team in there.
0: All right. Uh, One more on this, because, again, I I want your perspective um, as a guy that, again, keeps up with everything, but the Pac-12 is more prevalent in the West and on the West Coast. Uh, I know it's not USC that's involved. Uh, For example, but that Oregon, Utah game, uh, you know, again, it's going to be played, I believe, Levi Stadium, the home of the 49ers, Uh, that that's a massive game because a college football playoff spot could be in the offing. Is Southern California carrying? Do you believe they're carrying up and down the West Coast in Northern California? You were in the Palouse last week, uh, in Arizona, in uh, in Washington, in Colorado. Do the, are they, are they in, the, in the Pac-12 markets? Are they amped up here that the Pac-12's got a shot at the playoff? What's your read on that? Being in Southern California,
4: yeah, I think people are jacked up. I, I mean, I think in general it's a, a Pac-12 support, but also just you know, a little, uh, just a little too much SEC love. They're, they're partnered up with ESPN. I think even the casual fan is rooting for non-SEC fans to get into the college football playoff just because we've seen it so much. And again, I think they should expand it to 16 teams, you know, have the 10 conference winners and six wild cards or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I think it'll just be exciting to see different teams in the college football playoffs and especially not see two SEC teams.
0: All right. There's a perspective from the West. Let's get into the underdogs. As I teased a moment ago, you've taken some large hounds the last couple of times you've been on the show, and they've come through in Tulsa and Virginia Tech. I get a feeling you like another one for a college football underdog. What about it?
4: Oh, yeah. Give me TCU catching 19 points. (laughs) <laughs> In Oklahoma, that's the way. Uh, there's a number of reasons why I like this. First off, uh, last week uh, my lock was uh, Baylor catching ten, ten and a half points, and man, they uh, they really should have won that game outright. Baylor was another team that I was super high on this year. I love Matt Rule. I love what they've done, uh, what he's done with the program there, and I think a, a game like that takes it out of you as far as uh, Oklahoma, like. When you're down that big and you gotta you gotta pull everything out to to come back, and now you come back home, it's easy to get complacent against the TCU team. Who I, TCU? They're not amazing. There's a reason they're catching 19 points, but I think they're gonna come in there, fellow Texas team, and, and be competitive. Um, uh, sorry, not not that Oklahoma's in Texas, <laughs> but uh, I, I think TCU is gonna come in there, be competitive. Uh, get fired up and and just make it a game. And I think Oklahoma again, that game against Baylor, I think really trained them. So and you look I think it's gonna uh, on your a point.
0: Lot. I don't mean to interrupt. Your point is well taken because they played an emotional game with Iowa State where they had to hang on for dear life. Sean, we didn't get to talk to you about it last week. They won when Iowa State missed the two point conversion and almost completed a twenty one point yeah. comeback. So this is two weeks in a row where you've had heart stopping, crazy finish. And you wonder if it doesn't take a little bit out of them.
4: Yeah, I think that, again, it's just got to drain you a little bit emotionally, physically, uh, these kind of crazy games down to the wire. And then you're expected to come back. And I mean, imagine the first half. You could see uh, the Oklahoma team being a little complacent. okay and then they kind of get it together late. But uh, at 19 points, that's just way too high for a TCU team that's solid.
0: And TCU did win last week at Texas Tech. They had had a couple of narrow losses. The triple overtime loss to Baylor. They also only lost by seven uh, to Oklahoma State. I had them on Three Dog Thursday a month ago against Texas and enjoyed that win at home. A lot of points. Oklahoma needs style points, too. They might they might try to roll it up on them. Then again, the Sooner defense has shown vulnerability. So I'm feeling yeah. this. Yeah, I'm I mean, feeling I this a little bit. I, I,
4: I do think TCU is going to be able to put up points, and if they can get 21 points, that's going to be a big number to cover.
0: No doubt. Hey, one more on on a game that I'm talking about, and I'm seriously looking at taking Tennessee and Missouri. I just want your opinion on this. Uh, Florida really put the sleeper hold on Missouri last week. I don't know if you realize this or how much the audience realizes this. Uh, Missouri's lost three in a row, and they have scored at home now, uh, or at least the the three games, at least a couple of them at home, seven points zero points and last week six points you do not have to be a nasa engineer to figure out that's 13 points scored in the last three games for missouri all of them losses tennessee three straight wins off a bye i am just confused here sean as to how and why i know missouri's at home but they're favored in this game they're a four-point favorite that's surprising to me, with how little offense they've shown. I would have looked at that game as a pick 'em, or maybe maybe Missouri by one, or maybe Tennessee by one. So just it surprises me a little bit. I'm strongly looking at that SEC underdog. Just for the record.
4: Oh yeah, I mean uh, Tennessee. They're five and zero ATS in their last five games, and uh, you're right. They won three in a row. Tennessee looked horrific early on in the yeah. season, but they've seemingly kind of uh, you know righted the ship a bit here. Uh, coming like you said get a little rest and then going into Missouri, uh, I don't know. It at the very least, feels like a field goal game. So getting four points,
0: I definitely like that, Said And Kelly Bryant, the quarterback, has struggled. I know Florida's defense is good, and that was part of it last week. Florida's defense is better than Tennessee's defense, but let's just see what happens in that game. Well done there off the cuff on my unsolicited SEC opinion from you, and I love the <laughs> Tennessee number there, too. All right, let's move on to the NFL. We've laid out over and over again already on Three Dog Thursday. Great weekend of games uh, where do you want to begin? You got two underdogs for me in the NFL, so let's go for it.
4: Yeah, let's start in this uh, AFC South matchup. Give me the Colts catching four points against the Texans. Uh, <laughs> this just this just feels a little high. Why is the spread not three? Why are you giving this Indianapolis Colts team an extra point? I love betting on the Colts because uh, I think Frank Reich is a great coach. I know uh, my Eagles team uh, certainly misses him on the offensive (laughs) side of the ball. And they looked really bad when Brian Horner was in there, but now Jacoby Brissett, he came in and he's, uh, you know, he was still coming back from the injury last week, but they put up a ton of points against Jacksonville. Uh, Their offensive line is really, really good. I mean, rare do you log on to Twitter and see offensive line highlights, but Quentin Nelson is a beast. Yep. And uh, they're looking to get healthy, too. I I, I read the injury report looks like uh, T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron possibly a go. Um, you know, they lost Marlon Mack, but Jonathan Williams came in, and, and they didn't miss a beat. Um, it just feels like this is going to be a really close game. I do kind of worry always uh, taking them as a small dog because of uh, Adam Vinatieri, how crazy he's been as a field goal kicker. But last week, four for four and extra points and hit a field goal. So maybe – He's got the demons out of his head. Uh, It's always a little scary going up against Deshaun Watson, but uh, I I really love uh, the Colts' line play, and uh, it feels like, and historically, Colts, they've won 27 of the last 35 against the Texans. I think it's just a good spot for them, and the number feels a little big. So, yeah, give me the Colts.
0: Well, and again, they've, they've beaten the Chiefs already earlier this year. They won the previous matchup with the Texans at home. Again, you may be listening to us later in the weekend. We always qualify this, Sean, and you may know how smart Sean sounds or not to be taking <laughs> Indianapolis. I love your point about running the ball. We were talking about that with one of my other guests, Gary Seekers, at the beginning of the podcast. Marlon Mack had over 100 yards in the first like, two like and a half quarters before he suffered the broken hand. They went on to run for like another 100 yards after he got hurt against Jacksonville that tells you about the offensive line they've run the ball well for a lot of this year very attractive doggy Colts with the four points against against the Texans all right I'm very curious on the the buffet of the rest of the games and a lot of them are going to be interesting on Sunday and even Monday night give me another doggy Sean Green sports gambling podcast what do you think
4: all right Head out to the uh, Bay Area, one Levi Stadium, which uh I've been to that stadium. Horrific parking situation, unrelated, <laughs> but uh <laughs> I remember I was walking to the game and uh there's a guy like waving uh, you know, people in and I'm like, Which way to the stadium? That's how far <laughs> I was and I was in the Levi Stadium parking and the oh guy my goes, God. I don't know. And he had no he idea goes, I don't no, he goes, I don't know, just keep following. The bad, the bad part is the
0: <laughs> the stadium is in Santa Clara, but you end up having to park in San Jose to be able to get to get <laughs> yeah. to the game is what Sean take is saying. And, and that yeah, that's not an exaggeration. You have to take a plane, a train and an automobile to get into Levi Stadium. But go ahead, you like the Packers here against those 9 uh, and 1 yep. 49ers?
4: Yeah, 9-1 49ers. But, again, uh, they've had some moments where they they look uh, a little bit suspect. And Packers, no slouch either. Uh, I mean, it just comes down to this for me. Uh, You know, you're not going to go broke tanking Aaron Rodgers and the points. Um, They got Devontae Adams back. He looks fully healthy now. And then on the other side of the ball, the 49ers, the offense isn't quite the same without George Kittle. Uh, The latest is he doesn't look like he's going to go – uh Emmanuel Sanders re aggravated that rib injury. That's gonna to be tough. Um you know, and their backup tackles, I think that's kind of finally uh, you know, they were they were doing okay for a while, but I think that's kind of uh come to the end of the road there. And Jimmy G, he's been throwing picks, ten interceptions last eight games. I think I think the Packers defense can get a couple turnovers, but again, I you know I think it's a nice little uh, trip home for uh, Aaron Rodgers, who played college ball in the Bay Area, and and I think he has a nice game.
0: Well, and as you were alluding to, Arizona was winning that game the whole second half. Give credit to the 49ers for coming from behind to win. Uh, But Seattle took it to them as well in the second half, and this is three straight home games. Uh, Green Bay off the bye week. I'm strongly looking at the Packers as well here for three dog Thursday purposes. And again, it's just going to be a fun weekend. I know the the Eagles are a team near and dear to you. Uh, they're playing the Seahawks Cowboys at the Patriots Ravens uh, right there in your Ooh, backyard yeah. at the Coliseum on Monday night. This is a great, this is a feast. It's a pre Thanksgiving feast. As I keep saying of NFL games <laughs> uh, all over the place.
4: It really is. It's, it's uh pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing that's kind of annoying is when they flex the uh, Eagles game out of a uh, primetime, they put in the, the Packers 49ers game in the primetime, which I get, but uh, they, instead of putting it in the afternoon slate, they moved it to the early kick. So now you only have uh, two games in the afternoon slate. It's kind of, it's, it's a little frustrating, because over at the sports Healing podcast, our little uh, gambling garage we got going there, we have a four-TV setup, and I don't know what we're going to have to figure out. We'll be, have some college basketball, right. you know, some rugby. rugby will get in yep, there, yep. Uh, maybe one channel of Ultimate Frisbee. So the NFL, come on, give us four Might games. have to have
0: a rerun. You know, I watch these reruns on the weekends all the time of like A Few Good Men or The Shawshank Redemption. That might be on in the, on one of the TVs because there's not four games. Yeah. I hear you on that. Saving private Ryan? I said yeah, saving <laughs> pri- something like that, you know. Uh, we'll see if that uh if that is the case. All right, so enjoy all of the games this weekend. I always uh, love your insight and please tell the audience on 3 Dog Thursday more about the sports gambling podcast where they find all of your stuff, how they hear it. Go ahead, sir.
4: Yeah, check us out sportsgamblingpodcast.com and of course you can get the podcast wherever great podcasts are downloaded, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, we're everywhere, and uh, yeah, covering daily fantasy football, college football, and of course, the National Football League, and uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at Gambling Podcast.
0: I love it from Sean Grain. Sean, good luck with TCU on Saturday against Oklahoma. The Colts on Thursday night. You may already know how that worked out if you're listening to us on Friday or as the weekend's getting underway on Saturday. Good luck to you in advance with the Colts against the Texans Thursday night. And then he's got Green Bay in the Sunday night game against the San Francisco 49ers. Sean, I always appreciate it. Thank you for popping on again here on Three Dog Thursday, my friend. Awesome. Take it easy, Keith. And there we go. That will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks to all of the handicappers all the way back at the beginning of the show. Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast. He and Chris Giannini found at winningcureseverything.com. Winning Cures on Twitter. Winning Cures Everything on Facebook. Find their show. Find the YouTube show. They do a great job. He's got Texas, San Diego State, and the Indianapolis Colts for his underdogs. Uh, Again, also Brett McMurphy from Stadium, the College Football Insider, WatchStadium.com. You see him on their video, writes for their website with the bowl projections for the college football playoff, the coaching carousel. Follow him on the Watch Stadium uh, website. Also follow him on Twitter at Brett underscore McMurphy. Love having him on the program, giving me some wisdom there. Brian Edwards also giving us underdogs from MajorWager.com. Brian's been hot with the handicapping here on Three Dog Thursday of the college football underdogs. He likes Illinois. He likes Arizona State in college for this week. Go to MajorWager.com. Follow Brian Edwards via Twitter at Edwards. Uh, to find out more and also Major Wager Uno, like number one, Major Wager UNO, Major Wager Uno on Twitter. Great information there. Injuries, last minute stuff that you need to know with different nuggets there from Brian Edwards. And we wrap the show again with Sean Green. I uh, love Sean Green's insight all the time with his underdogs as well. He and Ryan Kramer on the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows. Follow them at Gambling Podcast on Twitter, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, for all the insight on the underdogs. Again, I am going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers. I like Tennessee against Missouri in that game as we were talking earlier uh, about this matchup with the Vols at Missouri. Missouri having so much trouble scoring. They've lost three games in a row. Give me Tennessee in that matchup. I think I think Brian Edwards has talked me into the Illinois fighting Illini against Iowa uh, from our conversation, I'll go Lovey Smith. I used to co host his radio show with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a couple of years. Lovey off the bye week, four straight wins. Give me the 15 points with Brian Edwards there in that matchup uh, in college football. And for the NFL, I do love the Green Bay Packers, as I was alluding to before, off the bye week at San Francisco. I don't know that I'm a big believer right now in the 49ers. They pulled it out against the Cardinals, but they were beaten uh, by the Seahawks. A rare third straight week at home. Give me Green Bay as the road favorite to win the game outright. I'll take that on Sunday Night Football as my third underdog. Again, good luck to all of our prognosticators. My thanks to you, to the listener, being with us. Subscribe to the show. Find the show at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, and subscribe. It'll come automatically to you on Thursday. Whether you found us through social media on Red Circle or uh, or through my Twitter, uh, Buck Sideline Guy, through the show's Twitter at Three Dog Thursday, or for all of our analysts tweeting out the link. Again, if you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcast, et cetera, et cetera, the show's going to come automatically to you. And one more reminder, our sponsor, SmackApparel.com, the promo code here is the word DOG, D-O-G. Take 20% off those in-your-face-themed t-shirts. Get after your rival college football, the NFL, even Major League Baseball, the NBA, uh, any sport. Uh, that's relevant, hockey fans, etc. college basketball fans, go to SmackApparel.com. Our promo code is DOG, D-O-G, for 20% off at checkout. They've got Black Friday coming up as well. Great selection on shirts that are discounted. You'll save 20% with the promo code DOG and again, free shipping if your is over 40 bucks. You buy two or three shirts, it'll ship for free wherever you want them to go to relatives. Hilarious shirts. Whether you're an Alabama fan, a Patriots fan, a Clemson fan, a Cowboys fan uh, on and on across football from Steelers to LSU to Ohio State to, to USC or Oregon. Find them, order them up at SmackApparel.com, promo code DOG, D-O-G. For Three Dog Thursday saves you 20%. Utilize that promo code. You're going to be glad that you got these gifts and got these great shirts, short sleeve, long sleeve for the winter wear, even rookie wear for the infants and the toddlers. Go find it at SmackApparel.com with your favorite team that'll do it I'm TJ Reeves thank you for being with me good luck with the underdogs enjoy the football this weekend and thank you for being with me on three dog Thursday
1: bye